As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful, Herbal Face Food, for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me today a real honor to talk to this logistical savant, leading activist, strategist, teacher with experience in fields ranging from 
global marketing, digital and community organizing, government relations, international education, all the way to presidential campaigning. Sir Reginald, a.k.a. Reggie Hubbard, welcome. Hello. Good to see you this morning. Good to be with you, actually. Yes, I can see you in my mind. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Reggie and I have become friends recently. We've done one really incredible talk with Amy Apolity on ensuring that we get the vote out. Um, Reggie, you're currently serving as a senior political strategist for a leading progressive organization, which is a great and wonderful service. We thank you. And you're doing a hybrid of communications, public speaking, strategy, relationship building, issue advocacy, mass mobilizations, and electoral campaign work. So just thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. It's an honor. Um, Forever. Uh, Reggie, you're also a 500-hour certified yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. I love that. You are the author of a thesis entitled Yoga and Spiritual Activism, Serving Humanity from a Sense of Devotion and Love. You've studied extensively with many teachers with whom I've studied, colleagues of mine, um, Amy Apolity, Faith Hunter, my teacher at certain times in my life, Yoga Ruparad Stryker, Dharma Mitra, Shri Shri Shri. Mm as well as many amazing teachers along the way. You've taught members of Congress, you've taught congressional staff, you've taught leading progressive organizations, individuals, and basically, Reggie, from all of our text um, threads and email threads, what I just wanna say first off is that your way of communication is absolutely comforting beyond reproach. Thank you. Tender, thoughtful, every word. And I just want to say to my listener, when was the last time you reached out to somebody and asked them how their day is going? That's what Reggie does. When we have communications, the first thing he does is, how has your day been? How has your night been? How was your weekend? Like really takes a moment. So I would encourage all of us to bring that back, even though we're communicating digitally, bring that back. It's such a beautiful aspect of my communications with you. So... Firstly, July of this year, we're in September 2020, you launched, helped to launch a grassroots campaign uh, with David Lipsius, Amy Apolti, Jack Cornfield, Tara Brock, called Buddhists and Yogins United. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that first? Because I think that's a good jumping off point. Yeah, well, first of all, great to be with you. Uh, thank you for the kind words. Um, and just, just to talk a little bit about what you said, if I don't know how someone's doing, there's no basis for communication, right? So for me, that, that's just elemental. So diving into something strictly from a business perspective doesn't make sense if someone's not well. So I, like, it's just a courtesy that I give acknowledging someone's humanity uh, before I launch into anything. Because I, I work in a world where we're not celebrated as human. And so my defiance against the uh, auto, like them trying to make us automatons is to be radically human. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so... To answer the question, you know, and you and I've talked about this a bit, especially in the uh, the event that Amy, you and Amy and I did. Those of us who are in the spiritual practice community, um, we, it's it's our time. It, it's it's time to step up. It's time to lean in. Like we have been deluded for the most part to think that oh well, I'm peaceful and it's other someone someone else's problem. That's problematic. And for those of us who call ourselves teacher, for those of us who call ourselves seeker. It's incumbent upon us to give back from what we've been freely given. Like if we've been given the gift of peace and clarity, we need to share that with others. And so for me, from that place of peace and clarity, it's incumbent to stand up and speak loud in support of our democracy. Um, You know, if there were a yogic path that I would say I adhere to, it's at this moment, it's purely karma because it's time to act. Like there are a lot of people who talk. There are a lot of people who are like pontificating but we don't need pontification. We need action. We need loving service. We need people who are connected with spirit to share the peace in a way that incites action. Because whether it be our planet, whether it be our children, whether it be the foundations of, of the society for which we hold dear, all those things are under threat and under attack. So from our perspective, those who are of conscience need to step up and not only step up, speak out 
And that's what the the campaign is. It's simple, but it's not easy. We're, you know, as well as I do, there are a lot of people in the wellness space and or the yoga world or in the Buddhist world who are like, well, politics, that's for someone else. That's pretty doctrinaire. And for me, that's pretty callous and ignorant, just to be blunt, because that's not what, in my mind, we're called to do. Like, if you're a monk, I get that. But if you're in the world, if you're not in a monastery or an abbey, like you need to be about like talking to people and getting getting things going. Well, also there's an element of privilege that right. um, I can sniff when, I mean, I had it for a really long time. I was like, no, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm not going to talk about this. I, I do this work. I'm not going to talk about this. Unfortunately, we are really in a time when information in the filter bubbles where we're receiving it is not freely disseminated in the way that it used to be when we were kids. Right. No, not at all. Right. We're not getting the whole story. Have you, have you uh, listened to the rabbit hole podcast yet? Uh-uh. New York times put it out. It's an incredible case study of one kid, West Virginia, who basically went from not really having a great upbringing at all. That's an understatement right there right. to being raised by YouTube. And oh, wow. the, and it's really well edited. So it's spliced in is the voice of Guillaume, uh, I forget his last name, who designed the algorithm that in, helped design the algorithm that ensured that folks would be fed more and more recommended videos, thereby keeping them on YouTube for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. That very algorithm is the cause of Sir Caleb's, uh, he, he went from being completely you know, great, we have a black president, how awesome, to far-right extremist with Stefan, whatever the hell his last name is, and celebrating anti-feminism and all these other things, and then eventually found his way back. But wow. when we when we look, it's a really important listen, I feel, if anyone's alive in the world today. But when we look at the privilege of saying, I'm not going to talk about politics, as a teacher, as a as a figure in public of any kind, we're looking at a person who is avoiding the most vital conversation when it comes to equality for women, people of color, equality for our climate, for the earth, for the planet. Yeah. How am I supposed to deny that I have a 14-year-old son right now who is going to inherit a sick planet? Forget about all the rest of it just for a second, if you wish. Right, right. A sick planet. How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to be in the world, public figure, and not saying anything about that? It's a very challenging position. And the only way that I couldn't say anything is from a place of privilege and indeed, as you said, ignorance. So I'm not, I'm not avoiding it. So the thing that we try to do is be compassionate and be like, look, we understand that you may not be there. You may not have been there before, but please be here now. Shout out to Ram Das. No, please be here now because we need your voice. We need your engagement. We need you, especially for those people in the world who have a bit of influence. Um, please share your awareness and what people do with that. That's on them. But like it's those of us who have any sort of influence or platform we need to at least share the truth as we see it because misinformation and disinformation are rampant and blatant. And those of us who are trusted, it's incumbent upon us to share what we see. I think also in some fascinating way for us to stay in that place of compassion and really center the two things, which I, I picked up from you, compassion and also discernment. Yeah. Like, we really have to think about this from a place of, okay, what am I actually going to do when this election is over? And how am I going to respond to whichever outcome? Right. How, what am I going to, who, who am I going to be? How am I going to show up? What's my plan? I've talked about this before. I think it's important. You know, you raise an important point is that, like, regardless of the outcome, we need to do something. That's all I wanted to say. And frankly, if you are listening to this, my listener, and you are occupying a place in the yoga space, meditation space, you have chosen yourself to have a certain sense of responsibility for 
the well-being of the world, for the well-being of the future of our children. So, okay, let's say you don't want to be political. Let's let's talk to that for a second, Reggie. Let's say sure. my listener doesn't want to be political at all. Right. Let's say they live in Europe. They're just like overseas, just watching this from the side going, wow, that's bonkers. <laughs> what the hell is going on over there? Um, how do we talk to those folks? And what would you say to those folks regarding, you know, how do you want to set yourself up for post-election? What's our priority? Yeah, so for those people who don't want to talk about politics, I talk about values, right? So you may not want to be political, but for those of us on the, whether it be yogic or meditative or uh, hybrid path, we're supposed to live in our values. And one of those is truth, right? So capital T, truth. You can't deny that certain problems exist in the nation or in the world. And you, like the American problem may not be yours politically, but our maladies affect you. Um, so how can you support in terms of like not only values conversations, but pray for us, please? <laughs> like we're going through tumult. So like send some good vibes and prayers our way because we definitely need it, um, regardless of our partisan affiliation. And the other thing I would say besides values is that, you know, we're all connected. You know, I'm going to mess up the quote, but for Martin Luther King, like we're all connected in like a complex web of mutual destiny. Like we're all connected. And like my weakness is your weakness. My strength is your strength. And so I would encourage mm -hmm. folks who don't want to be political to think in, in a broader humanitarian sense and just offer, I would offer that, that lens. So you may not be political and may not have any American connection, but you are a human being on this planet at this time. So you can offer some compassion and, and support in that regard. Beautiful. That is helpful and real and true. So, I think this is important. I have a ton of friends, colleagues, really good humans who mm -hmm. truly have lived in this filter bubble for a very long time. And they really truly believe that um, there is a conspiracy, that it is far reaching and true. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am not interested in fact checking and myth busting. I'm not interested in that. I, I, I know that yeah. combating my friends with criticism is futile. I know that yeah. this will only reinforce. And I, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in finding ways to be peaceful. I've gotten a lot of pushback on that because now people are saying, well, that's not the way to do it either. You're just denying the truth, which is this, 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 and this. He really is evil, la, 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 right. all these things. I, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I want to know from your perspective, because I kind of know what I feel regarding being a great listener and asking questions and seeking to understand and, again, appealing to values, as you just said. But I'd love to know from you, what do you feel is the absolute imperative right now when it comes to one person who believes one way, another person who's been living in that filter bubble believing a totally different way? Mm -hmm. How do you work on that? So one, one example that I've used is this, well, the way that I came into the yoga practice and the meditation practice, right? So like I had a friend who for years was like, Reggie, you should go, you should practice yoga, you should meditate. And for years, I was just like, get out of my face, like whatever, that's cute, who does that, whatever. And, but she was consistent and compassionate. And when I was ready to hear, the first person I went to was her because she was consistent and compassionate and just kept mm -hmm. sharing from her truth. She just kept sharing from her love and from her lived experience. And so what I would offer is I don't have to agree with you. Like that's not my job necessarily. My job is to mm -hmm. love and hold space where we disagree and to recognize mm -hmm. your humanity. And, you know, it's taken me a while to get here, but I fervently believe that all of us are doing the best we can with what we got at this point in time. So if, if that's the supposition and that supposition holds true, then if you're doing the best you can with what you got at this time, my job is to accept that and just offer love and grace and compassion for that, even if we don't agree. Um, because there will come a time where my job as teacher, my job as human is to plant seeds of love and compassion to get into like the Buddhist or the meta um, orientation. Right. I don't water those seeds by being shitty. 
right? I don't water <laughs> by being sardonic or sarcastic, right? Oh, I water yeah. those seeds by being loving, by being like, well, would you consider this? Or might you consider this? Or even being like, we don't agree here. Um, blessings, love, and grace, and then walking away, as opposed to like arguing till I'm red in the face. Um, right. Right. only allows people to get more calcified in their position. But like the most, the fertile, most fertile ground for understanding is a compassionate, tender heart. If you lead from that place, then that's, you don't have to agree with someone. You just have to offer, have to offer love and compassion and grace and what will be, will be. And with respect to people who are caught in certain bubbles, I get it. You know, like the one thing and I said this yesterday um, in a class that I taught is that, you know, especially with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like no one wants to think that they're going to die. Right. So like when we're threatened with and, and reminded with our mortality, we latch on to things that make us feel eternal. Right. And sometimes that's misinformation. So for me, mm-hmm. I offer, I, I'm fully aware. I majored in existential philosophy at Yale. So I've been brooding about my death for about 35 years. So wait a second. You majored in existential philosophy at Yale University. Yeah. So I just need to just highlight that for just a hot second, because this is a if you don't live in the U.S., many of my listeners don't. If you don't live in the U.S., my listener, Yale University is like pretty much the top of the top. This is a man who has studied his arse off, to say the very (laughs) least. I I happen to go also to Cornell, which is not nearly as good as Yale. And I studied my arse right off. I don't have one anymore. So I know. No, I, no, I appreciate that because you know we we tend to Yaleys are so, if, if you're if you're rich, you talk about it a lot. If you're first gen, you don't talk about it that much. So like my my um right. my um orientation is to blow through that. So thank you for forcing me to copy with that. Copy. <laughs> thank you for forcing us to sit with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> thank you for that. Like I need right on. <sighs> um, but as someone who's brooded about existence for quite some time, like it's not comfortable to know that this physical form is going to end in some ways. But as I've as I've uh, matured in my teaching practice and my spiritual practice, it's the end that gives life its meaning. So right. for those who don't have that understanding, it's not my job to like force more anxiety on you. It's my job to offer loving grace and compassion so that as you mature, if you mature, maybe it's not your goal in this lifetime to learn that, you know, but it's my, mm-hmm. my goal in this lifetime to teach that. So it may not sit with you now, but maybe it sits with you in the future, right? So we have to begin to view things from a continuum and not from like this present moment. All, it's all about yeah. me. Um, with this current news cycle and right, my right. current needs and my current right. beliefs and opinions, which will change, by the way. Absolutely. Right. Because 25 years ago, I voted for George Herbert Walker Bush um, and was a registered Republican. Beautiful. And was as fervent in How those beliefs that? I am now. I mean, it's funny when my when my colleagues hear that, like you were, I'm like, yes, yes, get over it. Why do you think I understand that? I love hearing stories like that. I say beautiful because I really do think that it is completely possible to shift opinions all the time. I've shifted my opinion like five times since Sunday. <laughs> it's just how it is. Like, let it be. The The right. point of your, the, the real salient point here, though, is the continuum. Yep. The long game, guys. Carrie Kelly, in her most recent email for Citizen Well, I'm just going to alert my listener to this. C-T, C is in Charlie, T is in Tom, Z as in Zebra, N as in Nancy, W-E-L-L. Citizen Well has an incredibly erudite email that goes out once a week, and Carrie's a good friend. She's coming on soon. Awesome. When she talks about this, she talks about building culture for collective care. Yep. She talks against hyper-individualized wellness strategies, okay, to think about how we can really build values and culture of interdependence, mutual care. We need each other. We have to remember this. We can't just live in a vacuum in a bubble. And she recommends strongly, just just to stay in a very practical space for a moment, speak out on your own platform about the values in which you believe. Try not to actually really refrain from (laughs) 
commenting on feeds of folks with whom you don't agree because that will just fuel the algorithm. Yeah. Okay. And she also talks about the fact that the point, and I think this is where we kind of coincide, Reggie, is to save democracy, not to center whatever it is in which we don't believe. Right. When it comes especially to dealing with people with whom you don't agree, save democracy. Okay. Yeah. Let's put the differences of opinion aside, these subtle and very overt differences. And let's say, okay, our mission right now is to make sure that we actually have our rights, that the climate is actually protected, that fracking actually is stopped. Right. That doesn't that doesn't create jobs. If you're if you're somebody who somehow I don't even know that you would listen to this, but if you somehow believe that fracking is a good idea because it creates more jobs, I promise you, promise, promise, that saving the environment and not I don't use this word lightly, not raping the planet Earth by drilling into the ground in places where we don't even have tribal rights to the land, not doing that is actually going to cause many more jobs to be created in the long term. Right. We need to protect this planet. I think that's a really important point. The, um, the other thing I wanted to look at with you just a little bit would be the immigration Right. seen current and also past and also future yeah, very um well. we're looking at the medical medical neglect in in the privately run center in georgia yes. we're looking at women who without proper informed consent are having their reproductive organs removed yeah um do we think this is a human rights violation like Hello, 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 right. is anybody there? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's 2020, yeah. okay? For any Latina women, this is disproportionately affecting that entire population. I am so livid about this. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> I am trying to stay relaxed and trying to also make my people understand that this is actually what what is actually happening right now and that all black and brown women have had this long horrifying history of being sterilized without their consent maybe you didn't right. know that yeah um how do we manage that sort of conversation regarding immigration when people are really dug in yeah i mean for me um because i actually had the blessing and and I mean this um, as much as I can mean it. Uh, so I had the blessing of watching um, with my own eyes one of the uh, detainment camps for um, youth who are separated from their families in Homestead, Florida. And right. so I saw it with my own eyes. So for the presidential debates last year uh, in Miami, we um, went to Florida. And um, Debbie Mercoso Powell is, is the rep there. She asked us to come support the protest um, outside of Homestead Air Force, not a Homestead Air Force base, but adjacent, where they were basically marching um, boys with orange hats in single file lines. And so I saw that with my own eyes. And Elena, the thing that got me the most with that is that it just touched me in my heart. Like I saw it with my eyes. So I, I saw human beings being paraded in lines with orange hats. So it's not about partisan politics for me. It's about our values, right? These are people. Would you do this to someone? Like, if this was happening to your mother or sister, like, what would you do? That's what I say to folks. It's like, I can't even. If don't, so who cares about what color they are? Please, like, that, that's the least of the concerns that should be in your mind. Like, if this was your sister or your brother, how would you that's feel right. to see this? It, to me, to me, it's that simple. Well, they shouldn't come and take our jobs. What, the, what the f is that? You know, like that—that's not even important. Like for me, it's super basic. It's just like, okay, would you want this to happen to your daughter? Would you yeah. want this to happen to your son? If you say yes, then hooray, I guess. But no. So to me, it's that simple. 
Um, and that's what I, I always go back to values for folks because, you know, I have the blessing of having been raised in a, in a black body for 45 years. And it has given me the nuance of understanding the human condition. And so that's what I say to folks when they're just like, well, Reg, I like you. I was like, look, I'm just a guy. You know what I mean? So like you, you see me in my humanity, but that brother over there who you don't know, like, you know, me is the same. He's human. But you choose to demonize him because of the color of his skin. We got the same color skin. You know what I mean? So like I have the opportunity and the, and, and the, 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 the job actually of sharing our commonality because like I've been given, I've been given the opportunity to speak to all sorts of people given through my lived experience. So I just remind folks, would you want this to happen to someone in your family? It's, 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 it's a basic sense of human, human rights. Yeah. I like the, I like the focus on humanity. And I think that could be as much as I know about making sure that we're aware that it's been hundreds of years of black and brown bodies being dehumanized. Yeah. Let me just say that at the front. I like the idea for the folks who may not actually agree with us on many of these points to center human civility. Yeah. I think that's an interesting, perhaps jumping off point between two folks who really truly don't agree. But I think the goal, and you said this in previous to our call with Amy Apolity, you said the goal is threefold, action, urgency, and accountability without preachiness. Yeah. Be transparent that we're aware this might come off preachy, you said, but only because it is actually an international crisis. Right. And it's urgent that people take this gravity or graveness to heart. And in terms of inspiration, one thing you said that you'd forgotten to mention in your original notes, we actually need to be, here's my complete stance on politics at this moment, September, mm-hmm. October, 2020. Mm-hmm. We need to be unapologetic about what we do love Absolutely. about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah. We actually do need to get really psyched about this ticket because if we learned anything in 2016 you said it's that folks were actually afraid to get excited about hillary because of all the negativity swirling around which means by the way that the filter bubbles and algorithms work meanwhile meanwhile and this is the most important part and you said these are your words she was the most qualified candidate yeah she was and we have to speak about why we're voting for Biden and Harris, not about why we're not voting for the others. Yeah. And it's basic psychology that, and this is why any speech I give um, or any talk I give, Dharma talk or otherwise, I lean into inspiration more so than facts. You know, I'm not, I'm not a researcher, right? But that's not my calling. My calling is to touch your heart and make it tender, and from that tender heart, dare you and give you permission to dream fully and boldly. So, like, that's why I think that we need to talk about what excites us, you know, about this ticket, but also about the opportunity that the the, um, victory of this ticket will provide. I'm excited about having police departments stop killing people who look like me, right, with impunity. That's exciting. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a conversation in the United States that's been meaning to happen for about 175, 200 years. So at least, yeah, right. So to that's exciting. Yes, it's tragic that it happens still. And I, I for one, have been assaulted by the cops. I, I, most nearly every black man in my family has, um, and all of my black male friends. But the opportunity to have these types of conversations is exciting, although it's also painful. You pick your issue. But like the opportunity to remake things that have not worked ever is exciting. So I would encourage folks who want who are tempted to view this through the lens of despair to understand that the reason that these things are breaking down is because their time has been the time's up. And so you time is up. Yeah, use the opportunity that this avails you to reimagine what could and should be as opposed to mourning what didn't work in the first place. Right. When it comes to all of that, I mean, we could get into all the logistics of these things, but, you know, nowhere in this conversation are we going to say, take all the money away from the police. Nope. Like, there are redesigns yeah. that have to happen in every system 
every single generation. Yep. Because of whatever developments happened, whether it was the industrial revolution, the technological revolution, there need to be redesigns. Absolutely. And this is that moment. Yep when this entire concept of policing needs to be redesigned. I'm not, do not mistake. I am not saying take all the money away from the police. The police are important. And neither am I. But I would never say the whole, yeah, the whole idea of sending social workers where there's a mental health issue, that seems so much more appropriate. Right. You know, not a gun. Just getting more creative. Right. Every single business and industry, every single system needs more imaginative creativity than ever before in order to keep it close to the ground and exactly as you say tender and compassionate so that we don't fall into the trap of the toxic algorithms and lack of human contact and humanity when we lose when we lose our connection to one another's humanity everything becomes like inert it's it, it becomes like bland data well they mm. um, blah 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 but if I see you, if I see me and you, if I see our, our, our base humanity and, and, and operate from that compassionate stance, it becomes how do I, how can I serve as opposed to how do I punish? Right? How do I, right. how do I extract value? No. How do I extract revenge, exact revenge? No. If I see your healing as essential to my healing, then I seek to like, create conditions for that to manifest as opposed to create conditions for you to be further exploited. Yeah. I think the people with whom you or I don't agree, I think they would actually appreciate that point. I think all of us appreciate that point. Like, let's just not be harsh with each other. Let's just make our own choices, plan our early vote, volunteer for the campaign in which we believe. Right get in touch with friends and family and ensure that they have their voting plan. <laughs> like right. what else right. is there really, you right. know, and listen well and be compassionate. I had this call. I got so much flack for doing this with a gal who's a colleague of mine at work who is completely on the other side of the fence. Hmm. And we did our best. We really did a great job. I feel to listen to each other. And, you know, th there was one point where she said, um, you know, Trump and Biden really are no different. Um, and, mm. you know, I, I didn't agree with that, but I let it, I let it go. And I let, I let her speak her piece. Right. And by the end of it, we had a level of trust and care with each other. We might even do it again. Mm. But even though, and I understand my friends who are obviously studying and doing as much work as I am on knowing what's happening and, and knowing the salient current events, I get that what, there are many things she said. We don't agree with them. Many right. things. I really get that. But the important thing is to actually create a space where two people can coincide on anything, anything. And what we do agree about, we both want our kids to be happy and have a safe planet. We both wanted our, our families to be safe, right? Yeah. If, even if the means were different by which we arrived at those realities, at least we know we agree on those things. And so I no longer have in my body, and this is the important point, my listener, perk up your ears. Mm. I no longer have in my body a sense of hatred or disdain for her or her beliefs or anyone who believes these things. That's beautiful. I have, I have a feeling in my body of there is hope that whatever happens in this election, we're going to have to move forward together. Right. And there is hope that I will no longer host in my body that kind of rancor and dread. And my hope is that, yeah, my hope is that everyone else kind of gets a little tiny taste of that, the release of that fear and that shit. Yeah, I want to celebrate that because, like, that takes tremendous courage, especially, like, I don't know who said anything against you, but I can imagine, like, the, the hell that you caught for that, but... Oh, it was crazy, yo. It was crazy. That modeling that is what we need to do, right? Like one of my best friends mm. is a he voted for Trump in 2016 and I was Bernie Sanders executive producer, right? So like like I was the best man at his wedding. He's white and like rich and like his kids call me Uncle Reggie. So you know like I, so but I still talk to him. And so now that he he has shifted, I don't know if he's going to vote for Joe Biden, but like he's like I can't do this anymore. 
And he, I'm the only person he can have those conversations with because I ha- I left the light on for him. Right. Because you listened when you didn't agree. Right. And so that's why I honor what you did. Yeah, I left the light on for you. Yes. So yes. When, you wanted, when you came on at night, the light was on. I'm just like, yo, like, let's talk. Let's, so, yeah, so holding that space, it may never happen. But if and when it does, it'll be because you opened your heart from that compassionate place. That's right. That's right. I have a story of an old friend of mine whose kid left him and went with the mom. Mm. And they were, oh, the kid was pissed. And the kid for so many, like, I don't know, two or three years, just didn't want to talk to the dad. But the dad continued to text and continued to reach out and continued to say, I love you, son. I love you, son. I love you, son. I love you, son. And finally, when the thing with the mom had run its course and the kid was like, yo, dad, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. The dad was right there, and the kid went straight to the dad. Right. What if the dad hadn't been reaching out to the kid? It's the same exact thing. Right. Guys, if you're listening to this, my listener, I know that you're really, really dug in. I know that you believe in the cause in which you believe. I know if you're listening to this, you probably voting for Biden and Kamala. I get that. Just do me a favor. If your parents or your best friend or somebody you really respect is still dug in on Trump, is still dug in on the other side, is still really believing that that's the right way to roll, please do not hate in your body. Do not tell them they're fucking wrong. Don't do any of that. Just let them be. Let them have their opinions. You're going to have your opinions because in five years from now, okay, it's not that far away. Five years from now, my kid's 19 years old. You're however old. I'm 55 years old. The world is going to be completely different. Who knows what's going to happen? But you're not going to feel this way. And if you lost your friendship because of your opinions now, you might not be so thrilled about that when somebody gets sick or somebody dies. Uh And there's this, you know what I mean? So just here's our point. And I think we can both agree on this, Reggie, Mm because you with compassion and tenderness, I can't even, you you can do anything. Listener, stay in a place of compassion and tenderness as much as you can. Put a sweet, sweet energy into your body the best that you can. Practice as much as you can. And continue to host that even for the other people in your life who are on the other team. Yeah, because the softening has to happen writ large, right? And we can't expect society to soften if we don't soften on our own. So like we can't hold mm. space for the collective if we can't hold space for ourselves in the way that you just articulated, right? So I wholeheartedly agree with what you said. And look, for your listener who may be dug in, I work for Move On, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't, hey. it doesn't get more fringe political left than that. And if I can still hold space for people who I've been, and I'll give you a perfect example, not to get overly political, but when we had the impeachment process in December, I was intimately, well, all of last year, I was intimately involved in that. And I remember in one staff meeting, I was like, so who's reaching out to the conservative Republicans? And people are like, we're move on. We don't do that. I was like, you didn't hear what I said. I was like, who's reaching out to the conservative Republicans? Because this isn't about move on. This isn't about progressivism. This is about democracy. And so I reached out to them. And on the day before the impeachment vote in the House, we had one of the most conservative groups speak at a rally that I held. And people were like, how did you make that happen? I was like, because I asked from an open heart. And they spoke. And that's everything right there. Right. And they felt included and they didn't feel demonized. And in fact, they were celebrated. And I only had them slotted to speak for three minutes. They spoke for five because they were so comfortable. You know what I mean? And so the producer in me was just like, wow, this shit really worked. But like, you know, I think that's the important piece, right? Offer questions. And I was like, listen, you all may not want to come, but if you do want to come, there's a space for you. Hmm. And they took and they took me up on my offer. Didn't expect it, but when they did, everyone was like, like the Washington Post, like this was truly bipartisan. I was like, I know. <laughs> I'm shocked too, off the record, right? But we got hope yeah. for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really grateful for this conversation because it really is where my heart sits with all of this stuff. Like, I really do have my opinion, and I really do. I really am thrilled to have a female vice president, guys. Really think about that for a second. If you're even remotely fed up with the situation at hand, how about the joy of a female vice president for our babies? Absolutely. How about that? 
for sure. Oh, my God. Of color, I mean, mm-hmm. on top of it. Reggie, I ask my guests three questions at the end of each interview, or most every interview. And the first one is, is I think it's kind of obvious, but I want to make it personal for you. What needs healing right now in your personal space and world? I'm working on, so ironically or not, I actually love this question because it forces me to articulate something that's been in my mind. So I turn, my birthday is October 5th. What? My son's birthday is October 5th. Okay, there it is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my Lord. And one of my best girlfriends, two of them. And mine is on the 13th. Oh my gosh. Happy, happy birthday almost. Yes. When I turned 44, I made a vow to be the best activist in the game. That was two years ago. When I turned 45, I made a vow to be as dope as a teacher as I was as an activist. So we see what's happening now with that. So my vow for 46 is to heal the body. Oh. Right. I've been in the guts of American politics for five years. You know, yes. from Bernie Sanders campaign. And, and Elena, I've done a good job, but I know there's some routine maintenance. Like I know there's some things that I need to attend to that cannot be in the adrenalized life that I've been. And yes, I've, you know, done 500 hours of teacher training and all the things. So my spirit is great and my network is great. It's time to heal the body. So like the next year is solely focused on like detox, weight, like all the things. So heal the body. Can I help? I will be in touch. <laughs> no, seriously, I have like the simplest set of things that you can do oh, sure. for yourself. Uh, the simplest yeah. that have I've watched literally hundreds, thousands of people. Oh, this is very exciting to me. Okay, so that's something for after. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to text you yeah. about that. Please help. That that that's my congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful, and you you seem to accomplish all of your vows, <laughs> your birthday vows. So here we go. I'm I'm putting myself in lockstep with you on this one. Um, all right. The second question. What it, and this can go in any which direction. What's your favorite view? It can be an actual physical view. It can be a view from inside, outside, whatever you feel. What's mm-hmm. your favorite view? My favorite view is sunset over the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. Oh, I'll take that all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sunset anywhere in the Rockies. Give me that. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Good answer. Good answer. Um. I feel like I'm on the family feud. Like, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Woo, right. Good answer. Good right. answer. Yes. Right. The last one is so sweet. Oh, I just love this question so much. What does prayer mean to you? Mm. Beautiful question. Uh, prayer for me means consistent dedicated surrender and conversation to source right so for me yes consistent dedicated surrender and conversation to source like when my when i've started viewing prayer that way it revolutionized my life because it's not just you know praying before meals you should because anything that you ingest should be blessed because who knows what is attached to that like i don't want to get too metaphysical but my nickname is black hippie we can go there on some other time but when you realize that every breath you take is a blessing every exhale is a blessing and then that becomes like the conversation that you have with your creative um source it tra- like yeah it's surrender and it's just beautiful and it manifests in ways that I can't even articulate, but yeah. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you. I look forward to, we're going to be doing an Instagram live at least one or two before the election. Yeah. And I really look forward to those. And I just want to say on behalf of my listener and myself, I'm really grateful for your perspective. I'm grateful for your heart space. I'm grateful for your tenderness, your softness, your vision. And we are in desperate need of this stance right now. So just a big hearty thank you from us. Indeed. Love and grace to you. And just I'll close by saying the following. 
Like um, the, the times that we're in call for resilience, right? And resilience, we tend so we tend to we have demonized challenge and adversity. And when we demonize challenge and adversity, it robs us of the magic that exists within that. So resilience can only be activated and manifested when we're challenged. So when we encounter challenge as we are now, it's that surrender to source and constant conversation through prayer that allows us to be resilient because like old ways of being no longer serve, we need to be present with what source offers us. And so that's where that's what resilience means to me. And so I, I wish that upon everyone that constant conversation and the strength that comes from that constant conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Truly. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you. Reggie. Have a wonderful um, rest of the day and let us stay in contact. This is, I think, part one. All right. Love and grace. You too. Bye. Bye, Reggie. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.